skin-tight latex, psychos, a secret kept from the Imperium. I'm Isander. I'm Coda. And today we're going to be talking about the Assassin Norum. First of all, though, it's that time. The options for the next episode are the Ultramarines, the Iron Warriors, the Salamanders, and the Blood Angels. You guys have been making yourself heard in the comments. Keep that energy to see who wins the next one when we get to that. I'm rooting for you, Iron Warriors, dude. I've been seeing you in the comments. There's one. I have been seeing the Iron Warriors, but there's one ultra answer that is ultra acceptable. That's all I will say. <laughs> now let's get to the Sword of Damocles that hangs over everyone's head, and it's the closest thing to retirement in 40k. And that's the Assassins. Retirement. Yeah, no, they they are scary. If I had to pin them down in one sentence, it would be, they're basically the CIA officer. <laughs> they were founded by a Malkador the Sigilite. Uh, he is the only regular human who could talk back to the Emperor, scold his kids, and he was basically the Emperor's soundboard. Every time he was thinking about something and couldn't quite chew the fat on it, he would throw the idea over Malkador's way. He is really old by the time we see him. Like in all the art, he's aged. It could be a lack of moisturization. It could be a lack of sunscreen. It could be poor sleep. Who knows? He's pruned is what matters. <laughs> and it's it's sketchy Skeletor. That's it. That's all he is. Uh, he literally rides a throne with two skulls. It's... It's a lot. It's the shade. He's actually fairly nice, but it's the shadiest person on the planet. You won't get me this time, he man. Mm -hmm. He is a complete workaholic, and that work has stood the test of time. A lot of what the Imperium is today, good and bad, is held together by the systems he put in place. And this is one of them. And boy, howdy, just like a lot of the things he touched, is it shady. There is nothing. There is very little oversight to this this whole situation sketchy. yeah it's sketchy both the systems he created are sketchy uh the today's winners and today's losers the winners being the assassin arm congratulations and the losers being the inquisition sorry guys win some, win some lose some um you can you can reduce the assassins to guns for hire that's fair but wrong in a way because i mean you hear assassin you're like oh, okay i get the shtick and yeah. to be fair you could roll credits. You get the shtick at this point. But they have different ways of doing them. And really, in a universe as grim and dark as 40k, the only way to remind people of their mortality sometimes is with a good old-fashioned assassination. And that's where they come in. It's like speaking truth to power with a 50 caliber round. They'll listen to that. Well, they'll hear the bang, and then in the next mm. second, probably, yeah. they'll hear nothing. They, they keep things in line, basically. It's where the Space Marines are usually, not always, they can be turned internally. Boy, howdy, that was a problem when that happened. Usually an external force. It's, oh, that thing's coming in. Throw the Ultramarines at them. The Assassins are... I mean, they do do some external work, but a lot of the time it's, ah, there's a cult brewing on the inside. Let's deal let's with it. Let's take this. care of that. Let's, uh, let's deal with it. Um... And there's no better way to describe their ethos than their mission statement, which all of this is real. Everything I'm about to say is real. Their mission statement was delivered by the Emperor when he climbed atop Mount Vengeance <laughs> on the planet of Thor and declared that no world shall be beyond his rule, and no enemy shall be beyond his wrath. Yeah. That's where they got their mission statement. Mount Vengeance on the planet Thor. It's very on Nothing in 40k subtle. It's That's not on the nose, that's up it. Yeah. However, there were people listening to the speech, and they... They looked at this and said... Yeah, I get it. That guy's clad in golden armor with a sword that flames and an actual halo around him, but he needs our help. He can't do this alone. We have to do this job for him. And so they set out behind his back, actually, at least they thought they were doing, to be his knives in the dark. They were wholesale hunting down anybody who would even moderately inconvenience the Emperor's plans. And the, I'll give them credit here. Even though there's an incredible amount of hubris at looking at 
the God Emperor. You've seen the art. You know what he looks like. Yeah. There is art on screen probably now. There's a certain level of hubris when you look at that and go, mm, but he he's not going to get this done without me, though. <laughs> but I will give them credit. They actually went about this quietly. There was no praise seeking. There was no like, oh, look at me, dad. They just did it. They were at least, they they were virtuous. Mm-hmm. We can say that for sure. Yeah, no, they, they, they really believed in their work. And they also kind of just did it for the love of the game. So they, Which could be taken two ways. Either I love doing my part for the Empire or I love killing. One, one of the two. Um, they genuinely did believe in his plans, though. And um, they, they just kind of, the way it was couched is everyone's doing their part in this crusade. This is just mine. And, you know, that's fully fair. I mean, everyone is doing their part at that point. I am doing my part. Yeah, except their part is assassination, extortion, replacing governors, or making sure everyone is being on the up and up. Damn, they are. They really are the CIA officer. <laughs> or else. That was their entire job. Um, but, because, and this is, they, they are still people. They are still people. They figured out that they will die. And so, but they also did realize that their work is important. So they decided to go to the emperor, who, at this point, they knew he wasn't going to die. They, they knew he was going to outlast them. But they also believed that what they're doing is important enough that it needs to outlast them too. So they went to the emperor and uh, they came out of the closet. They revealed themselves to the emperor, to which the emperor just said, we knew. <laughs> like, yeah, I knew. I knew. The, the, the person who is the master of assassins that you've been following, yeah, that sketchy guy in the cloak, that's Malkador. That's my best bud. Yeah, and and so that there's actually a really really fun scene. This comes later, where Dorn finds out about them. He's not happy about it at all, and the Emperor just basically reveal, reveals himself mid meeting and goes, "What do you think, Horus isn't gonna try this? <laughs> do you think Horus doesn't already have assassins with snipers <laughs> trained at my head right now? I see you, Phil." <laughs> I could so see... Well, it's more like, I see you, Phil, and he bursts into a like, pillar of fire, <laughs> just to prove a point. <laughs> to be fair, Dorn listened. He was like, that's right, I guess. I guess. Mm-hmm. I guess. I can't say no. Yeah. Because some dude over there just burst into flames. Mm-hmm. Whatever. I'll yeah. let this go. It's important to note that the Emperor knew they existed, even though they were trying not to. And Malkador knew they existed, but also the Custodes knew that they existed. And all three of them were basically on the same page of, yeah... It's not great, but war's war. We gotta just gotta do what we will. Yeah, exactly, and all's fair. Well, it's also there's the genuine argument to be made that they do prevent more loss. Sometimes they can, and so there's an argument to be made for like let's stop the war with a single bullet. But regardless, they got the rubber stamp to keep, keep doing what you're doing. Exactly, and um, they got to operate. Yeah, um, yeah, they got the rubber stamp for their keep doing what you're doing, and as a result, they got a massive upgrade in their just facilities, their digs, everything they had got better. It's not like they had it bad before. They used to operate in this place called the Shroud, which is a space so secret and secure, the second you walk in, you may as well have died. Oh, until you step out again. Oh, so it's it's like Men in Black type vibes. Yeah. Like they erase your fingertips, and like you don't I, exist. Anymore. I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, so, but. From that, they got bigger upgrades. There are now four schools, each one named after one of the four big guys who started all this. Classic assassin-type beat. Exactly. And they got to work training to become even more deadly for the future wars that would inevitably happen. Turns out it wouldn't take very long because Horus decided to start his heresy. Every episode. It It has to be mentioned every episode. It's the the biggest event. It's a cosmic family feud. Dad didn't hug Horus enough, so he decided to have a war about it. And the Assassinorum were the first thing that the Emperor sent. No negotiation, no, hey, do you want to talk this out? Get him. Get him. Yeah. I don't care. (laughs) He he created the greatest, he made the greatest sin, defying me. Get him. There is no absolution. You kind of get why Horace hates his dad. I mean, could you imagine you walking in and saying, hey, dad, I don't think... I can continue to live here. And he's like, that's cool. And then you see Agent 47 following you home. It's like, really? Really? Yeah. Are we really doing the if I can't have them, nobody can tactics? Yep. Yeah. Um, 
God damn it, I just got approved for the new apartment. It didn't work at all. It didn't work at all. Did not work at all. Horace was destined for many, many, many other things, so they all lost pretty handily. It was not close at all. But, but, from there they kind of went on the back burner. And part of it is because the heresy was more of like a one-on-one, mano-a-mano confrontation. It was a big all-out war. Yeah. And Unless... B, these guys aren't supposed to be making headlines. They're the stealth contingent. Their job is to just make things happen, and then we move on. The, 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 you hear about the aftermath in the papers, not, oh, the such-and-such mm-hmm. assassin was just sent away. Mm-hmm. The only If they're making headlines, something has gone horribly wrong, and they did make headlines. There's a lot to go through, so I'm just going to throw you a highlight reel. They managed to assassinate all the Lords of Terra at once, who are the people who are ruling the Emperor, uh, the Imperium in the Emperor's place. Uh, they enabled the worst human being ever to take power, had a massive internal civil war where one person assassinated the current Master of Assassins, but that Master of Assassins was not the real Master of Assassins, instead having a body double that was actually assassinated in his place. Then the assassin who did the assassinating disguised himself as the old Master of Assassins, who actually survived, leading to a massive confusing civil war where one Master of Assassin died, but there were multiple bodies found with no identifiable wounds. I'm lost. And an apology letter. Oops. <laughs> Just oops. Fun stuff. It was an entire mess. As you can imagine, after this, every school was split up and sent to different corners of the galaxy. So should one fall, not all four fall. It was really bad. And uh, they also set up an even more top secret department of the government that was the assassins for the assassins. Because layers on layers, I suppose. Plans upon plans upon plans. Mm-hmm. Even then, despite all of that, they do still occupy a very important role today. Uh, with the Master of Assassins being one of the people on that, uh, on the is a Lord of Terra, right? Which must be incredibly awkward. Because hi guys. Uh, so so my my buddies didn't totally just assassinate the last round of us. No, not even that. It's like, who who are you? Oh, I'm here representing Mars and the machine guys. Okay, that's cool. Who are you? I'm going to kill you. If you don't act up. <laughs> I'm just going to kill you. That's it. If you, if, you, if you act up, I have a knife in my sleeve right now. That must be incredibly awkward. But um, their missions do now have to be approved by a majority vote. And their details are logged to an extreme degree. Because at any moment, they could have a random inspection. It's kind of a point of pride, too. It's like, see, this is how I murdered man A through I. <laughs> Zed got to make it. <laughs> it's it's All that is basically the equivalent of if tomorrow you read in the newspaper that MI6 was fighting on the inside and uh, all of Parliament was deposed, several nukes went off, and there's just nerve gas, nerve gas in the streets. It was really bad. Okay. It was it was a whole thing. When you put that in terms of how that would look in 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 the real world, that's insane. It's, it's a lot of shit happening at once. Yeah, they would be on a short leash forever, and that's where they're stuck. The assassins, however, did get to keep the same shtick everyone else does in the Imperium, which is child soldiers. That's they do most of the recruiting from orphans in hive worlds, of which there is no shortage. The Imperium is perpetually creating new orphans just by fighting everywhere. It's the nature of the game. Um, they are picked up and then taken into one of the four big schools, each fo- focusing. There's more than four, but the four big schools. four school. we know about. No, we know about the other ones, but it's like... The four we know about. You'll see. You'll see in a moment. Each focusing on a different school of assassination. Training is really brutal, honestly, and... The way it works is, like, let's say you're in a lineup to be taken for training, right? Some sketchy person will just look at you and go, that one. And then you'll never be seen again. Oh. Like, functionally. You just disappear. Yeah, you just disappear. Um, you From there, you are put into a ship that's on its way to Earth for, you know, your training and all that. And you are forced to fight from wherever you are all the way to Earth, both armed and unarmed, in complete darkness or blinding light, zero gravity or gravity, so intense your bones are straining under the increased weight. There's minimal food. 
there's minimal water, and the temperature fluctuates from comfortable to burning hot and freezing cold. So your training does not start when you get to Earth. Your training... It, it's now. It's right now. By the time they get to Earth, 8 to 9 and 10 are gone. Oh. They, they, they just don't make it. From there, there's another decade in continuing brutal training until they're finally ready. And actually, fun fact, only the current Master of Assassins knows the identity of all the Assassins. Because they, they all have these like um, bodysuits that are basically... It's basically the suit from Crisis, where oh, if you, they can, it can absorb energy really well it can help them blend into environments um it also has the bonus of showing off the fact that every single member of the assassins has rippling abs and so that is another feature that this suit has it lets them jump off of multiple stories without any problems at all it's a very cool suit of armor but also it means you will never see their face they just wear this all the time effectively so nobody really knows what they who they are and it's also impossible to know who they are because think about it. Nine in ten people are already dead. <laughs> it's only the it one could, who made it. It could be any one of them. Yeah, exactly. And there's not an official ceremony or anything. Just a sketchy dude said, that guy. And then you never saw him again. So who knows what actually happened. That is by design. Uh, that, that stealth is by design. Each temple's job is purely just to produce a one-man or woman army, no matter the cost, and each has its own way of approaching it. Because... There, there are multiple ways they could they could skin this cat, you know? Uh, the first is the oldest and kind of reduced to a complete footnote sometimes. Uh, the Atomus Temple, which is just ninjas. It, 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 it's, it's just mastery over blades. They're fast. They're really fast. They're still augmented. They still have those synth skin suits, so they're still really hard to deal with. But... At the end of the day, it is just like if ninjas made it into 40k. Um, they're able to 1v1 pretty much anybody in melee, um, with the main thing they're good at being cutting the head off the snake. So it's like, that's the guy, I'm going to go 1v1 him now. And then they just take care of it and leave. Um, you don't need to tweak the assassination formula too much, which is why they've made it. <laughs> but they also don't have many models, which kind of sucks. They're pretty cool, though. Next up is the Venenum. Venenum. You can guess what their shtick is. The poison. Yeah. It's poison. <laughs> uh, yeah. They're, they're, they actually get no screen time. Like, like functionally no screen time. That's unfortunate. Wait, n- makes sense. Makes sense. Because anything they would do would either happen... It'd be somebody tampering with your food, basically. Oh, it's... It's, it's not that thrilling. It's just not that thrilling. And on the tabletop, it's really not that thrilling. Yeah. But it doesn't make them any less cool because it's total mastery over toxins. It's not, oh, look at me. I can throttle a rattlesnake for a few minutes. It's, I can make any compound that can kill anything over any time period. And I can, like, look at a look at a dude and perfectly dose them for the exact amount I need. Yeah, yeah. It could be the spectacle of an instant heart attack or a slow death over months that looks like an ailment. So these guys are like the Death Note, but without the whole book and writing. Thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, and just like every single, um, every single temple, they're insanely committed. My favorite story is this one girl who um, boards this ship and is told to assassinate one guy who's on this uh, anti-Imperium committee. And gets on the ship due to faster than light travel in 40k being hilariously unreliable and some time shenanigans she actually arrives like 600 to a thousand years later and he's he's, he's he's long dead he's long dead. but in his place is a massive massive committee of thousands of people that all are upholding his vision and so she's well, I have to finish the mission. I gotta, I gotta get it done. And so she gets them all by poisoning their chairs. So a thousand people die just by sitting down one day. And then she leaves. Just a poisoned thumbtack. Yeah. Yeah. The classic age-old prank of a thumbtack on the chair takes down an entire planet. Well, a thousand people is not an entire planet, but it is its governing body. Hilarious. Uh, do not sleep on these guys or near them, frankly. It's just a fact. Uh, they will... I mean, they, I think they have like one model, but they're never going to get many. They're never going to get many just because the nature of their work. It's... There's a, they're assassins in a war game. They would be... 
they'd make for a fun video game probably but that's about it um however let's get to the ones that actually get models the the big four uh starting with the one that everyone everyone wishes they would encounter in close combat which is the calidus temple even though they would completely body most people there are you'll you'll see why in a second they're all female and their whole shtick is unending levels of subtlety because they can shapeshift into anything basically oh they're shapeshifters vaguely human it's not so much take out the target they can it's if you have a lot of moving pieces you send one of these girls in because if there's layer upon layer upon layer of intrigue, and if you kill this guy, well, this guy's going to get mad, and this guy, so it can't be obvious. The best situation is to send one of them, shapeshifted, to just give bad advice for long enough, and then watch him throttle himself, basically. Or have one of them take him out, pretend to be that guy, and run the show into the ground. So they're, they're the, the epitome of political assassination. Yeah, they are willing to take a low-level position, and then slowly work their way up over the course of years in deep cover just to get a second with their target and then take them out. And then that's all they need. Yeah, exactly. Uh, little is known about them just because it would diminish diminish their effectivity by, by a wide margin if we knew how they did everything. Um, and also if you learn who one is, who mm. knows, that could just be in a well, fake alter no, ego. All, like I said, all assassins, they're that synth skin suit, so it's skin tight. And then you can't see their You can only see their eyes usually. And a few have helmets, but... These ones fall into the ice category. The only thing you see is a very long ponytail. That's it. I mean, like, from head to toe ponytail. Like, long ponytail. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah exactly. I, saw, I saw some of the art for them. It's mm-hmm. long ponytail. Well, one of the things we know for a fact is how they accomplish this little shape-shifting trick of theirs using a drug called, again, I would never lie to you, polymorphine. <laughs> because nothing is subtle in the 41st millennium. Polymorphine. Yeah. Hilarious. They, it is, apparently, it's very strenuous to use. They figured out that girls can handle this stress the best, and it takes training to do, because it's not fun shape-shifting, because it's 40k, it's the kind that's slow and gruesome. <laughs> but using that, they can turn into, like I said, and some have turned into orcs. Oh! And they're willing to get uh, implants to full, like further sell what they are. Like, for example, gene stealers, the more generations you go down, the closer they just look to a tyranid. There's one that got like uh, all the plating needed inserted under their skin and then morphed around it so that they could look like a gene stealer. Now, granted, this made it so they could only basically masquerade as gene stealers from now on. But still, that's but impressive. St- right? Right? That's impressive. They also get smaller and less... Visible weapons and everyone else, just, again, by the nature of their work. It's it's all stuff that you could definitely just have on you and nobody would know I could until just, the right moment. I could just slip it into my jeans pocket. Yeah, exactly. And usually when they're done with their work, because these guys, you may not know they ever had a hand in it. That's how good they are. So what they'll do sometimes is they'll leave a calling card, either like firmly gripped by the victim. So when rigor mortis sets in, you have to pry it out or like held in their jaw by their teeth so again you have to pry it out with force because they know how people work you're going to be curious you're going to yank at the card when you do it's going to flash out a hologram of that person's last moments in fear as they're howling the threatening yeah it's it's threatening but i love that it's it's basically they're so good at their jobs they they need to kill confirm yeah they, they need to kill confirm I just love the idea of a business card slipped into somebody's jaws that just says Rebecca was here or something. Oh, it's so cool. Um, something very important to note about them, too. Like I said, they're very effective. They're the only just people, very augmented, but still obviously people to have killed a Primarch. They yes. killed a Primarch? Yes, they killed a Primarch. Now, now, I can already hear the salt flaking off the keyboards <laughs> of the night lords okay, fans. Okay, so this is this is um this is a uh, uh, not not commonly held belief. No, 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 no. Oh, they, it's no, unpopular no, no. opinion. No, 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 no. She, she did this. She actually killed Kurz, but before we let the salt fully pile on, here's a very key thing of note. Kurz let it happen. Okay, yeah, yeah. Because he's insane 
And he had visions all his life that this is how he was going to go. So basically, when he saw her, he was like, oh, thank goodness. I'm right. I'm right. I yeah. saw correct. Yeah. And, all right. And then, do the hey. thing. I know what's going to happen. Yeah. Hit, basically, is how he went. Uh, she didn't live very long after that. The Night Lords did not appreciate that. So um, not great for her. Very not great. But still very impressive that they managed it, even though it was Chris did let it happen. At the end of the day, it's still impressive that they got that far, I suppose. Um, there is a problem, though. And they have... They, more than anybody... Actually, the Assassin's Period, more than a lot of people, have the soul-crushing duty to rub their faces against the rapidly spinning wheel of sandpaper that is named characters in 40K. Mm-hmm. Because... I don't care who or what you are. If you are unnamed versus a named character in 40K, you're cooked. You're done. You're cooked. You're done. This is their protag moment. Get out of the story. Yeah, exactly. This isn't about you anymore. So a lot of the time they will be used just to show off how powerful something is, but they are still really impressive on their own. It's just, oh, that person has a name. Great. Yeah. I know how this one's going to it's go. Ca- it's kind of the scenario of, yeah, you're cool in your own stories, but, like, this is their story. Mm-hmm. You can have, like, some random thing happening in the, the wider galaxy, but this is a story about me. Yeah, and the problem is, there's usually no better target for an assassin than a named character. By definition, they're doing something. They're doing something important, so obviously sends the assassin. Yeah, uh, which is... Which is why, while they are incredibly dangerous, there's just not enough stories of them being uh, the cold and calculating machines that they could be. There's still a few, and we're going to get to that. Uh, Believe it or not, there are cold calculating machines all around us, and the only language they speak is by leaving a five-star review, letting us know what you think about the show, and letting that auto-download feature happen. It's the only language they speak. I know you like this. You know you like this. So please help us continue producing the show. And for those of you that want more of the show, we do have extra episodes. There's an entire bonus one we upload every week to Patreon.com. So I see you people binging everything we have here on YouTube and wanting more. Well, that's where it is. If you want to head on over to Patreon.com slash Coda, you not only help support the show and uh, do your part, but you get more of what you already love. So again, it's Patreon.com slash Coda or just click the link in the show notes slash the description. Thank you guys so much for those of you that are already there, and thank you for those of you who are joining as I speak. Continuing with the Soulless Machines, let's talk about the Vindicare Assassins. Because while they are still over the top and insane because it's 40k, nothing can be rational, they do still put the best qualities of a sniper first, which is preparation and patience. Don't get me wrong, I'm not going to underplay it, They're still very accurate. They're incredible marksmen. It's said that they can pick out a jugular from 10 miles away. Oh Oh my. That's a long shot right there. Plus. 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 So that's the minimum. Yes. But what they focus on above all that is getting the shot in the first place. Because they need to be able to make the impossible happen consistently. And the only way you do that is by lining up the perfect opportunity and then being ever vigilant when it happens. So you have to be ready to capitalize. You can't slouch. That means they're able to set up and sit in one spot for months at a time, just waiting. I mean, they will slow their heartbeat down to one beat per minute. And they will just... No, it's, just sit there. No, it's almost a form of hibernation, still looking through the scope and ever aware if a fly were to go past it, bam. They're not sleeping with their eye at the scope. If the target walks in for a second, they'll take the shot. It's more like they're meditating. I'm not joking, by the way. I-, I would never lie to you. They're meditating on the glory of the emperor this <laughs> entire time. Because one of the ways the assassins are kept in line is they are some of the most heavily indoctrinated people in the entire Imperium. They buy into the whole cult. Oh yeah, you wouldn't, want them, you wouldn't want them to go disloyal because suddenly you and your buddies would start disappearing. It, it's almost constant indoctrination. So even when they're waiting, they're just thinking, he watches over us all. No matter what. It's dedication. One of my favorite instances of this is when a Vindicare was sent to deal with a very, very troublesome target. The problem is, he couldn't get close enough. 
He was deep behind Eldar lines. There was no way he was ever going to get close enough. He did notice, however, that like three times he popped out in one place very often. Not even four, very often. Just those three times. And so what he did is he just sat down and aimed at the sky for six years. Sustaining on moss and any birds that came near him. It'd be like he's just pointing up and a bird would land. <laughs> yeah. patience and dedication right there. And, and this isn't just a target who's going on a stroll regularly or semi-regularly. Again, only three times in six, you know, this was a crack pilot. And so he sat there six years aiming at the sky until eventually the ship jumped out of the webway. And he fired a bullet at where it was going to be, killing the pilot instantly. And just packed up and left. Then just left. Mm-hmm. Just like, my, my job is done. Yeah. <laughs> the gear, the standard issue gear they get is the same latex bodysuit everyone gets. But they have a helmet. That They are good shots, but the helmet does help a little bit, you know. Like, it's it's got some magnifying to it. It's got, like, you know, NVIR, all that fun stuff. I'm pretty sure it can also help them calculate the trajectory the trajectories a little bit, but that's still an incredibly difficult shot. Oh, yeah. It's still an incredibly difficult shot to make. And, um... No, especially since most of the effort there that is not unseen is he sat there for six years. Well, and also, here's the thing. It it jumped out of the webway, which means he had to be ready for that. Oh. It wasn't just flying in a straight line and he went, uh, okay, no, it's a boom, boom. He saw, like, the opening dot of the webway portal and then just whoop. Mm-hmm. That's actually what he did. The Part of how they're able to accomplish this, aside from insane patience and insane marksmanship, is the gear they get above the, like I said, the standard issue latex bodysuit and the heads is... It's not latex, it's like synth skin, but if you, you look at the if models... If you look at it, it's latex. Yeah. Um, is they get really well-machined equipment. Um, them and the Mechanicus are pretty buddy-buddy, and so their stuff is almost bespoke. They're, there's not many of them, so they get really good gear. It's actually tied to like their genetic code, so not anyone can just pick up their gear and use it. The Mechanicus also gives them uh, special rounds, everything from the Shield Breaker round. You can guess what that does. I wonder what that does. Hellfire round, you can guess what that does. I wonder what that does. To the one that that guy used to get through a, a, a fighter pilot, the Turbo Penetrator Round. That is not what that's called. That is actually what the, I would never lie to you. That is not what that's called. The Turbo Penetrator You're Round. You're lying to me. You, you can guess what it does. Aside from having a very funny name. <laughs> there is a... Actually, hold on. Before we move on to that. Speaking of the Mechanicus, that does remind me. That's one of the few things that the, the first... Uh, the Khaled Assassins have trouble shape-shifting into because they take pride in their augmentations a lot and a lot of them are almost one of one in nature so if they want to pretend to be a tech priest you almost need to kill him and get his augments which that's really committing to the bit oh yeah we'd rather just kill him you know but yes they're very buddy buddy with the mechanicus the vindicara there is something comforting in the vindicare which is there's not much to fear you know because if a Vindicare assassin is after you, you'll just be living life normal for months, maybe even years, and then bam! And then it'll stop. It all cuts to black. You may not even hear the bam. You, it just may just all cut to black. That's kind of comforting. Because they're not going to miss. They're not going to miss. No. I was just I was just thinking. I was just thinking. The, the t- turbo penetrator round mm-hmm. sounds like some silly augment that you'd find in a Saints Row game. Yeah. And it's real. <laughs> It's very real. It cannot be real. You'll find out. Um, God. That is at least comforting. The next two are the least comforting. If any of these are coming your way, oh, God. Give up. Not even give up, but fight as hard as you can. Starting with the actual, well, not the worst, but the most spectacular, the Eversore Temple. They are, you send this guy if you want to be sneaky by leaving no witnesses. Oh. So they apply the they apply the Warframe definition of ninjas. Yes. Okay. N- can, nobody can report you were there if they're all gone. Yeah. If so, they're all splats on the walls. Yeah. They they are 
effectively the super weapon at the assassin's disposal um, because they're actually treated like nukes. Only the current master of assassin has the code to wake them up. Oh. Yeah. That's how just dangerous they are. Um, you know the hypothetical where we know how impressive Olympians are. We know how high an Olympian can jump. But nobody knows how high a human can jump, you know? Um, it's Because it's, everyone has that small twinge of self-preservation. Nobody's ever going to jump hard enough to shatter bones. Yeah. Right? Um, the body will do what it can to prevent damage. However, if you introduce drugs to that equation... Oh, then that changes well, significantly. Now we're talking. <laughs> because Now we're cooking with fire. No, it's one thing to be the fastest man on Earth, and that's very impressive, but to be the fastest meth head on Earth? <laughs> that's a different game. That's a different game. I, I would be willing to put down hard cash. Mr. Bolt is very impressive. It's also really humorous to me that he keeps turtles as pets. That's so funny to me. He's so fast, it's jarring. But I promise you, if you take a different person who's at least somewhat apt, like, you know, you take, I don't know, the fifth place guy in that race, and then you give him meth. He's now the fastest man on, he may be the fastest thing on the planet for five minutes. And that's the approach they take. Of course, this is all hypothetical, but it reminds me of that, uh, people don't appreciate how impressive Olympians are. So people always suggest, well, you know, we should just pick a random guy from the audience to have them run along with. So you go, oh, that's about how well I'd fare in that situation. You know, to give perspective. Now imagine if it was the opposite, and you had just somebody to the max of what a human being could do. Just, just, because I'm curious. I can't be the only one who's you curious, You set them right? to 11 with no self-preservation yeah, instincts. Like, I can't be the only one who's curious, right? Because it's like, okay, so that's the average show. You know, that's the fastest human, and that's the fastest that's human. The that's... You know? Like, I, I feel like these are different things. You know, like, congratulations, you're the fastest person to attend the Olympics this year. You know, congratulations. You're the fastest, you're the fastest trained person. No, you no, have no, trained no, your no, muscles no, no, to no, make no, no. yourself the, the regular the Joe category. Oh, the, no, I'm, I'm, I'm defining the, car- the categories because you, you've got regular Joe. That's you pull me off the streets. Mm-hmm. And then you've got the Olympian. It's just like you are the fastest trained person. Your muscles have built up to the point where you can just go. Mm-hmm. Then you have the fastest human who's just like, we're going to augment you, and we're going to take away your anti-bone-breaking instincts. <laughs> the anti-bone-breaking juice. That's what the Eversor, that's what the Eversor are doing. Of all of the assassin temples, they're the most heavily augmented. It's not just the usual uh, synthetic muscles, all that jazz, all the bonus implants they get. These guys, if you meet, if one was sent after you, you would hear an unconscionably loud explosion, possibly screaming, and you'd be gone. Faster than you could react. It's, it's, they, they can think and process data faster than a regular person can because they have all kinds of implants just jammed into their brains. It's so aggressive that while they're doing all their work, their brain's micromanaging their hormone levels. Like, like a HUD. Oh, so they're like cyber psychos. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, uh, what is that thing called? The Sandevistan? Yeah, the Sandevistan. That's how they see things. It's that insane. Their metabolism and their hormone level is constantly being like being adjusted on the fly as they go. They're just metagaming hormones. No, they have a second spare heart in case the first one goes out. Or it cannot keep up and they need a secondary one. Christ. So they, they could have a hypothetical like heart rate of 400 plus. That's how over the top they are. They stuck a. They stuck a. They stuck a V twelve in a guy. Basic. Their bones are hardened and um, augmented, so they put out more red blood cells than ever, and they can deal with all the excess force that they're putting out because they don't care. They don't care. They're just gonna throw the punch if yeah, the bone exactly. breaks. The bone breaks. Their immune system is beefed up to deal with the toxicity of all the compounds they're pumped full of, and their hormones are tweaked so they're always flooded with adrenaline always <laughs> and that is all barely holding together like when the mechanicus is assembling these guys sometimes they'll go oh that's a side effect let's add something else to counter that so their bodies are unstable and just being an eversore assassin 
just you're always uncomfortable. Their bodies are the definition of power creep. You know, you're constantly uncomfortable and agitated in your own skin. Well, because you're constantly got adrenaline pumping through you. No, not even that. It's just the nature of having that much stuff crammed into you. This like, is <laughs> this is the actual maximum you can dial a human being. From there, they're aggressively psychologically indoctrinated, like clockwork. Well, oh, because if that one goes. Well, it's, yeah, yeah, something that, like that. And, it's and, like and, a nuke going off. In a... And after that indoctrination, they are then filled with more chips to amplify the emotions they feel. So this little agitation they feel becomes fury and ending. And this devotion they feel to the emperor, I would die for him. That's, that's just what it turns into. They are so, so volatile that they need to be kept effectively on ice. And they're just jutted out at their missions. They get a brief before they land. They land. The pot opens. All hell breaks loose. It's such a tenuous balance. And the, the, the compounds they're full of are so just toxic. They're so incompatible with human life that if the assassin, for any reason, cannot constantly micromanage their internals, like let's say they were to take you know fatal damage and they can't, balance everything out anymore the compounds running through their veins will become explosive they're that reactive these are human jenga towers yeah, running around. Uh, yeah, and this is the end game I, jenga this, this tower. isn't like oh who he let me just turn that dial no it's constantly flicker flicker like a, flipping switches all the time to make sure we don't blow up it's so so overkill they are just so much that it even gives space marines trouble. Again, I can feel the salt in the keyboard. Stay with me. Just stay with me. Let him uh, cook. <laughs> yeah, there's a good reason. Like, um, the difference between these guys and a space marine is space marines can do their job standard for hundreds of years. Even thousands in some rare cases. Stable. Just, they will lose most of their bodies. They'll just be crammed in a big metal suit and they'll keep going. They, they are... As far as you can push a human, and they will stay stable. And even they're, like, kind of weirdos. They, they, they lost social skills in the process. I mean, they, they still have that brotherly companionship, but that's pretty much it. They turned every stat up, and in order to keep the, the you know, the... the the stat points like balanced Even out. Charisma had to take they, a hit. they took a charisma hit. But they're still incredibly stable. The Eversaur are so tenuously held together it's not the max you can get a human being for for you know and for continued service it's a max you can get a human being period so if they're not kept on ice after every mission they will expire very quickly they're very explosive and which which is why they, they will give space marines trouble there's actually this this moment where it's one, during one of those coups when a, a small army of space marines is sent in to get vengeance on the current master of assassins and they walk into this room where it's just the guy waiting it's just the master of assassins waiting and he goes hey the guy in charge just smiled and says hello welcome to temple eversore oh and out of the floor a hundred pods rise oh no and only one marine is left after that it's such a fantastic story but Ultimately, it's kind of a blessing and a curse. Not only do they have a short shelf life, they also can't stop. Mm. It, it's, I mean, they're furious beyond reason, so they never want to stop. But if for some reason they could muster the willpower too, the compounds they use are highly addictive, and the withdrawals would just kill them. Oh, so they they, they literally are tr like they're nukes. Mm -hmm. You drop one in, and like. Okay, that planet's gone. They're very much so treated like atomic bombs. It's like, move the ship into space, prep it, launch it, start thawing it out. Hey, this is your target. Everyone, have fun. See that guy? I don't. <laughs> that's the... That's... I really, really like them. <laughs> They're so much fun. It's just overkill. However, it's still not the worst thing that could be sent your way somehow. Not the worst thing? No, because, again, you just hear bang and your ribbons. And your... 
you couldn't your average at least a marine can experience the horror of it because they have augmented you know reflexes and stuff so they're gonna stick they, around for they, a second they, they stand a chance they could do something your average person is just loud screaming it's the kind of thing where it's like you look down oh my, my legs are no longer connected it's fantastic legs what legs yeah. Uh, so there is that comfort that the Vindicare give you of, you won't see it coming. Yeah, it'll 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 be quick. It'll be quick. The next ones though, are not great. No. It's the Calexus Temple, and they are so terrible to be around that people would rather just leap off a bridge than be near them. Uh, they're all blanks, having no soul effectively, and it, they act like a black hole for the warp, which already feels bad enough if you're a regular person. To be around, it is described as it feels like you're near a pool of nothingness. Just being around one makes people more anxious. It makes them fearful. It makes them paranoid. And there's this all-pervading sense of wrong from being near one. It just feels like the abyss is sitting next to you. Yes. For a psyker, it's infinitely worse. Some will just have panic attacks on the spot. Seizures or just this feeling like I'm, I'm being drowned right now. On dry land, I'm just being drowned. Now, take that feeling and focus it into a point. <laughs> and that's the Calexus Assassins. Huh. Ick. Yeah, it's... There is no list long enough that would cover everything a psyker would rather do to themselves than be near one of these guys. It's so... Regular people will be near one by mistake and just go, Cool, cool. Life isn't worth living anymore. <laughs> like, it's that bad. It triggers such a guttural feeling of wrong. That's a sweet-looking bridge over there. Mm-hmm. It, it just makes you go, I, th- th- this can't be worth it. There's, th- there's only one way out. That yeah, It's that stressful for them. And in Psyker's case, it, it, so most Psykers will just keel over from you just distra- explode. N- the stress alone of it will make some psychers just cease functioning. And if that doesn't work, they can take this incredible focus that they have and just whoosh, into a laser beam and point it right at you. Which will either cause you to go mad on the spot or just explode. 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 It's it's visceral. It's truly terrifying. The Eldar consider it to be an affront to God. And they're the ones who created the God of Excess, by the way. So they think that's an affront to God, and even the Tau, who have no presence in the warp, actually no presence in the warp, are frozen in Ethereum when they're around. It's a, it's widely considered to be one of the scariest things the Imperium has ever put out, and it is kept so far away from the Astronomicon that they can't even see its light. I couldn't verify this, I saw some people saying it was, oh, because it would smother it, I doubt that. Well, I mean, if you but put them all gonna, in one place. Yeah, so. but I mean, they are all in one place. It's a lot of really powerful blanks, so maybe, but I, I doubt it. I really doubt I don't know. Somebody in the comments will let me know. Because of how rare blanks are, just generally speaking, being a blank is a genetic defect, and it's like one in a billion or something like that. It's just the Imperium's playing with really big numbers, so one in a billion is still pretty frequent. Uh, their training is, it's still brutal, but they probably ease off a little bit more than the others, just because... They're fighting for a very limited pool of candidates, and you don't want to break them too often. So, while they still get really, really harsh training, I would wager it's probably a little more gentle. Just like, maybe instead of 8 to 9 and 10 not making it, like 5, maybe even 6, you know, making it back. They are not often deployed, because they're so specialized. All of these guys were sent for different tasks, as you can imagine. Um... They're not often deployed, but usually when they are, there's a psyker somewhere nearby. And uh, they are going to regret drawing. <laughs> They're going to regret having the ability to cast magic. They really will. But that is, those are the four big ones that uh, pay the bills. Basically, they're the ones you see the most on the tabletop, mostly because they are combat positions. They're the most useful I mean, combat-wise. Like like the, the Eversor one is on the tabletop. It's just a menace. It's just a nuke. And the one that has the best model, bar none, is actually the Vindicare. Because they have this, like, statue, um, this imperial statue of, like, a saint, I believe. And you can just see, like, the barrel of a sniper poking out of it. That's cute. I like that. If you you see the back of the model, you can see the guy there, 
like ready for the shot. And I really like that model. Um, there are others though. There is the Vanus Temple. There, there's. I'm a level with you. There's not much known about these guys. Their whole shtick is intelligence gathering and not quite psychological warfare, but their goal, if they are to get a target, is to make it look like the target did it to themselves. Mm. It's, it's, it, 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 they kind of occupy the same niche as the shapeshifters, but without doing all that. Their, their assassinations, which is part of why they never make headlines, usually look like, this idiot tripped down the stairs again. <laughs> it, it, it makes it look like they died due to their own stupidity, or it looks like they died due to betrayal. So that's, that's kind of the niche they fill. They also, interestingly enough, will be the ones to uh, retire <laughs> some saints early. Saints will find themselves martyred early if these guys figure out, oh, that's a little bit heretical you're doing there. Let's make sure your image stays squeaky clean. <laughs> so sometimes, which, considering the last episode, could explain how that one saint died to a single bullet a in the middle single of... single last gunshot. Hmm. hmm. Yeah, that, that one just... That was not... Hmm. You just watched those puzzle pieces... You just watched those Lego bricks click in real time. Because... Yeah, what are the odds of all six sisters being martyred at a young age. Hmm. And especially the one who had the goblet of pain. <laughs> the one that goes drop, 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 and everyone howls in agony. Tempting goblin. Basically. Interesting. You just watched the Lego bricks click in real time. Yeah. And then there's a Temple Secretum, which is... This one's the most secretive of the bunch. Their whole shtick is keeping the Imperium's darkest secrets just to that. How they go about that is, well, a secret. Who knows? And then the very last one is the Mororus Temple, which is probably now defunct and definitely the most heretical because their job or their thesis was to try to improve their already impressive assassins by implementing not just humans, but illegal human hybrids. Yeah. Um, they'd even use Tyranid genetic material for this, meaning they had bioweapons that could just eat the biomass of their victims, which, so effective, bring that back, please. That's really but cool. But so heretical. Very heretical. Yeah, so I, there's a couple of ways that one could have gone out. It could have been, you know, the folly of playing God a la Jurassic Park. It could have simply been, you're doing what? What? <laughs> You put Tyranid genetics in who? Yes. Um, and also, there's really no maintenance for the weapons. You don't really need to oil claws. They just work all the time. Like You don't really need to maintain a rifle if it's just I spit acid. <laughs> so, th there's a very valid point for this one to come back. And I'd love to see this come back, if only because the models would be incredible. And weird. But also, there's no way they could exist for five seconds before anybody... The Inquisition, the Inquisition sees them and is just like, yeah, you're done. But yes, <laughs> what are you doing? No, you're not. Pretty much. That is the entire Assassin Orm, though. Quick and dirty kind of overview on all of them. Every single temple I listed today could be its own episode. As I'm sure you could gather, they all have tons of gear, tons of different ways they've done things. And they all have just laundry lists of feats to their name. The only times they look like chump changes when, again, because they're assassins, You'll either never hear about them, or when you do hear about them, it's, ah, they went up against the named character. Well, that's unfortunate. But, yeah, I really like them. They've really grown on me in researching them, and I, I love the fact that they give the Imperium more tools to use, other than just throw space marines at the problem. It's nice. It's very nice. But now let's move on to today's Foreign Fraca. Or International Incident. It's a working title. That's the full title. My blood pressure rises every time you do that. By one point. While the fantastic names of our patrons scroll down below, or they already have been. I guarantee you, they have been. We'll see. Who won, well, who won this week? This week, it was Sweden. Oh. The Swedes. They won the foreign fracca. Contrary to popular belief, they are not just meatballs and cheap assemble-yourself furniture. For example, did you know that Sweden is a massive exporter of music. 
Yeah, Spotify started there. Have you heard ABBA? Roxette? The Swedish House Mafia? Okay, I always thought those guys were German. Avicii? Ace of Base? The Spotniks? The Cardigans? Rednecks? Wait, wait, wait. Cotton Eye Joe Rednecks? Whoa. Wait, what? Europe, the people who made Final Countdown and pretty much nothing else. Um, Base Hunter. Somebody's going to have some words. Somebody's going to have some words to say about me. But, but, but. Base Hunter, too? Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Ask someone in the general public if they've heard anything else by Europe. Base Hunter, too. Go on. Yes, they've got Base Hunter. Uh, A-teens, Robin, with a Y. Um, and Tova Lu, which if you see, if you see the spelling of this name, you're going to want to say Tove Lo, mm. but that's not how it's spelled huh. or that's not how it's said rather. Uh, if you recognize any of these guys, you you've been hearing the sweet sound of Swedish sonancy, but I'm not done oh, because not only do they have hit bands you may have heard of, they also have one of the biggest hit producers, Max Martin. Do you like So What by Pink? I Knew You Were Trouble by Taylor Swift. One More Night by Maroon 5. California Girls by Katy Perry. Can't Feel My Face by The Weeknd. Can't Stop the Feeling by Justin Timberlake. Baby One More Time by Britney Spears. I Want It That Way by The Backstreet Boys, as well as a lot of The Backstreet Boys' discography. Uh, Blow by Kesha. Dynamite by Tayo Cruz. I came to DJ Got Us Falling in Love by Usher. Send My Love by Adele. Take Me Back to London by Ed Sheeran. That was a pick for you. Now, How Do You Sleep by Sam Smith. You're also listening to Swedish music right there. Because all of those are at least co-written by this one dude. Well, I've heard a lot of music in in that industry. It's just, wow. That's Uh, and That's, that is like the hits so basically every time the radio turns on he makes a few dollars probably yeah good for him Mm -hmm. swedish export not only that they have this tradition that makes me very jealous our british audience will probably be acclimated to this idea but the american audience will see this is magic the swedes have this booming coffee business and they're so coffee intensive they have the sixth highest consumption of coffee in in the world there's a fun reason for this from what i could gather it was basically the crown made alcohol illegal for a very long time and so people were just everybody like, tried that and it didn't work. what do we drink and they started drinking coffee and mass most swedes will have four cups of coffee a day this is shown very well by um uh a wonderful tradition. This is the thing the British are going to understand, but us Americans are going to go, what? What, do they have their own version of tea time, but it's coffee? Yes. Oh. The fika. Well, that's not going to throw Americans off. Americans throw tea time. I know tea time. Well, okay, so tea time. Yeah, I mean, tea time is a whole thing, but the, the fika is a whole thing. What do you mean? Basically, if you interrupt this, you are the Antichrist. <laughs> This is 10 to 30 minutes that every Swede will take in the afternoon, just after lunch, you know, it's just break time, where you'll grab a coffee with a bud, and you'll grab like a tea cake or a coffee cake or something, and you'll just go out, you'll sit, have a conversation. Just, it, it is literally state-mandated, not state-mandated for real, but hyperbol- hyperbolically, hyperbolically, mm-hmm. state-mandated, go out and chill with your friends time. Touch grass. Touch grass for 10 to 30 minutes. Have a coffee, talk with your friends, just chill out. You have no responsibilities for 10 to 30 minutes. Just, just go have a coffee, hmm. go have a snack, just sit around, just have a conversation with a bud. Hmm. Yeah. It's not a bad thing. I am very jealous. I can't imagine winding down by using coffee, though. That just sounds... You know, some people actually do actually get more more tired drinking Listen, coffee. Doing doing this podcast has made me the most caffeinated I have ever been <laughs> in my entire life. And even... Th- we're not there yet. I'm not of that tier of caffeination. Four cups of coffee a day? No, not there. No. No, not there. When I used to work at a coffee shop, um, it was very bad for me. Because I would be right in front of an espresso machine... Oh, no, you're an addict. And, um... Oh, no, you're an addict. I would just compulsi- compulsively pull shots. Yeah, no, I'm... Just like, I'm... I'm maybe 2% tired right now. I could go for a coffee. 
And he had it under control, he used to say. I didn't. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning into this episode, and we will see you on Wednesday for the Patreon episode and Friday for the regular episode. Make your voices heard. I have been seeing all these comments of the Iron Warriors. I've been seeing all these... I did say Iron Warriors, right? Not hands. Iron Warriors, yeah. yes. You said Iron Warriors. No, no, in the very beginning. Yeah, you said Iron okay. Warriors. I've been seeing all these comments of the Iron Warriors. I've been seeing all these comments of the Salamanders. You guys know what to do. You, I, I Vote. And I will not judge however you vote. Uh, just, you know, there are some answers that are preferred to others. That's all I'm going to say. I am ultra-supporting the Ultra Iron Warriors guy. We'll see you for the next episode. <laughs>